know what I'm really glad about? That it's not like uh, nothing happened Sunday or same old Sunday or didn't quite come off Sunday. I'm glad that it's Resurrection Sunday, that it happened, Resurrection, the Greek word, anatasia, which means to get up again, to stand to your feet. And I'm just really grateful that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and because of that, this is a great day. And this is a good day to remember because this story, it's the greatest story the earth has ever known. It is the greatest story the earth has ever known. It's the greatest story of love to think that the creator of the heavens and earth poured out his very best for us, poured out his best. It wasn't second best, Jesus Christ. It's his one and only son. It was his best. And he poured him out for us. And it's good to pause on that and remember that and reflect on that because it changed everything. Without a shadow of a doubt, it was a game changer. It was a game changer. And because of that, we get to live a certain way, which is a, a life of victory here on this earth. We get to live in a way because of the risen Christ of, of knowing where our eternity is, of doing life not alone, but doing life with and beside the great I am. It was a game changer. And every time I come around uh, Easter each year, and I, I think I've been doing this now for decades, I love just to, to read over one of the, the, the Easter stories out of the gospel. I just find it's a great thing to do. There is so much in the Word of God. There's always new things coming to uh, our eyes and into our heart as we read the Word of God. And uh, this morning, I just want to share a few scriptures around the resurrection out of the uh, Gospel of Luke. Luke, the physician, and read about that here this morning because I think there's a lot, and there always is a lot in the Word of God. And it's to help us where we are today. It's help us in our future. The Word of God is so powerful. And it's so helpful for our life. And we're going to do that here this morning. And in Luke 24, we've just had the crucifixion. We've had the death. And we've had the burial. And Luke 24 starts by saying, but. I'm going to stop there because I think it's worth stopping on. But right there in that three-lettered word, but. Oh, the hope that is in that word the hope that is in that Word, that it wasn't the end. And you can go through all four Gospel writings and all of them continue past the burial. All of them keep going. And I'm just so grateful that in the Word of God, there is a but there because in that Word, there is hope. In that Word, there is hope because Jesus Christ hung on a cross and was taken down from a cross and there wasn't any breath in His lungs. The body had no life but it did not end there and a but comes. And I tell you what, that can bring and does bring great excitement and anticipation because there's one thing I know, there is far too many people in the earth today and they are hinging their eternity on so-called gods that do not have a but in their story. The story had ended for them. The story did end for them. But I'm just so grateful that for Jesus Christ, there's a but in the story. Who's grateful for that here this morning? That there is a but. And I was thinking, imagine if you didn't know the outcome and a Bible made its way into your hands and someone had said, just just pick one of the Gospels. 
just pick and read the story of Jesus. Imagine reading the story of, of Jesus on earth in, in, in all of His wondrous acts, in, in all of His never-ending love, and, and you're reading about Jesus and He's, he's proclaiming that He is the, the Son of God. Imagine reading through that, but then you actually get to the crucifixion. And you're just wondering, like, surely not. Surely not. Surely something. But it happens. And then you're reading that the death did come. And then you read that He's put in a tomb. How grateful you would be when you turn to Luke 24 and you read a but. When you read but and you know that that was not the end of the story. And I just love that the Word of God had more in it that this story had more in it. And do you know what? For our own lives, when you're in Christ, you might be facing some pretty hard situations, but don't put a full stop. Just put a butt in the story. But, but God's coming through, but I'm a more than a conqueror, but God's with me and God's for me and circumstances may look one way, but I've got the power of God on the inside of me and I just know He's working for me and I know we're gonna get through this and I know all things are gonna work together because you can put that but in your story. You can put it in your story. And I think there's a lesson in the but. There's a lesson in the but. But... On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. Who were they? There's some ladies. There's, uh, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the, the mother of James. There's a, there's a group of people that have come and, and they're going to the tomb. You might be thinking, are they going to the right tomb? Well, they are. Because we know that when the body was taken down and a, a man called Joseph went to lay it in, a tomb that he had and that he owned. The, the Bible says, the Scripture said that, uh, that they were there watching, that, that they were at the right tomb. They were at the right tomb. They went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And verse 2, And they found the stone rolled away. The stones rolled away. That wouldn't have been very common at all. This wasn't like, like a light little, we're talking big. We're talking heavy. Most people say highly likely up to one to two tons this stone could have been. I'm talking a big stone. In the uh, gospel prior to this, in Mark, it's actually, I love it. It's uh, as the women are going to the tomb, they start a discussion about um, who's going to roll away the stone. They start asking that question. It was a big stone. It was a big, heavy stone, and not only was it heavy, it was actually angled to slide in, but often had to be pushed up a slight uh, slight hill to get it out. It was on that kind of angle. But as they come, the good news is the stone is rolled away. The stone's not there, and at first they must be thinking a couple of things like, what's happening here? Is this good news? Is it not good news? Uh, someone stole it. What's happened here? But I just love it that the stone was rolled away because I want to remind us here this morning in this great comeback story and I like watching sports my wife will nod her head now and sometimes if my team's not playing I'll look at the halftime score and I'll just go for the team behind does anyone else do that because you like just love the underdog you love the comeback story you love the person that or the team that makes the win against all the odds but I tell you what Jesus was always going to win 
He was always going to conquer death. There was no doubt. This was leading into this moment in history where He would conquer. Words and prophecies and prophets and anointed kings and from the very mouth of Jesus Himself were leading up to this moment. And there was no doubt. There was no doubt. It was a certainty. You know, the Old Testament has over 300 prophecies about the life of Jesus. Over 300 times about the life of Jesus, about the location of His birth, about a virgin birth, about this, all sorts of things about Him and His life, even around the death, even around all these things. It's over 300 times was it spoken about, including that a resurrection was to occur. It was always going to happen. The stone was always going to be rolled away. He was always making his, his way out of that place. And I love that because I think out of that, I'm going to start living with bigger faith. When I'm facing impossible circumstances in Him, with His power, I'm going to know that we're going to make our way around. The stones rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. We've got some angels on the scene. Some angels are on the scene. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? They were kind of kind of on their way expecting just like how everyone else has died and stayed dead. That's kind of what they were working towards. It's easy to point the finger, but that's what they were kind of thinking. But then they get this beautiful heavenly perspective. And I love a heavenly perspective. I tell you what, in our lives, we need heavenly perspectives all the time, declaring the truth because sometimes in the middle of the circumstances, it doesn't look too good. This is why I love coming to the house of God. This is why I love coming around and getting with other believers. This is why it's great having a wife who's a follower of Jesus Christ because I'm always hearing the heavenly perspective. But it's just good to get around others and other believers and being in the Word. Why? Because we start getting the heavenly perspective on things. And that's a good perspective because so often we're stuck down and we get saddened and it, it, it looks grim. And it, but you get the heavenly perspective because the heavenly perspective is full of life and full of hope. And we need it all the time, this heavenly perspective. And verse 6, come. Some of the greatest words I think ears have ever heard, ever. He is not here, but has risen. He has risen. Come on. That's worth celebrating. Because of that, because of that, it all changed. That He isn't there. He isn't in the tomb. But He has risen. These three words, confirmation. Confirmation that death would not hold Him down. That death would not have a sting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Which is great news. 
last Sunday afternoon between our church services, my eight-year-old son asked me if I'd like to have a game of chess. Now, I never played chess as a kid. I never played it as a teenager. A matter of a fact, I've never played chess before last Sunday. And as I sat down on our dining table with an eight-year-old who's been learning a little bit of the game, he started to explain the game of chess to his father. And as we sat there and he started to tell the, the rules on this chessboard, I started to try and get my mind around what they all are and how they can move two and one to the side. And this one can go diagonally. This one, trying to get my head around there, he took me through. I said, okay, let's just go. Let's, let's go for a game. And as I stood there playing with my eight-year-old towards the end of the game, a word got declared over the table. And that word was checkmate. And that word came from the mouths of an eight-year-old. Defeated by my son. Never to play the game again. No, I will have another game. I need redemption now. But checkmate. Wikipedia says this in terms of that word, checkmate. In which a player's king is in check, threatened with capture, and there is no way to remove the threat. Checkmating the opponent wins the game. The enemy thought he had checkmate on Jesus. He thought he had cornered him. He thought he had checkmate. But I'm here today to remind us that it wasn't checkmate, that Jesus wasn't down and out, that Jesus Christ is risen and there is no checkmate on Jesus Christ. There is no checkmate on our Lord and our Saviour. He's risen. Death could not hold Him down. It couldn't. Revelations, the last book in the Bible says this. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last absolute deity, the Son of God, the ever-living One, living in and beyond all time and space. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of absolute control and victory over death and Hades, the realm of the dead. Man, this is good news here this morning. I love this story. I love this story. What great news. And do you know what Romans 8 tells us and it reminds us that the same Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in us. That same Spirit. Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in us. Man, everything is set for us to live an incredible life. It's set before us. We're ready to go because of this event. We're ready to go. He's not here. He has risen. Then it says, remember how He told you. How He told you. There's one really good thing to do in life and that's to base your life on this and the truths of the Word of God. There's so much great literature out there today. The accessibility for all of us is greater than any other time in history. But no matter how many other things we're looking at and reading, this is to be our base. This is to be the base. We base it on what the Bible says is the book that is God-breathed. 
inspired by God due to the inspiration of God. We base it on that and we live out of the promises of the Word of God. That helps us to read this for all that it's worth, to dive into it, to know it, to know it. As it goes on, remember how He told you close to them, Galilee, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered His words. They remembered these words that were spoken to them. So often in life, it's easy to look back on things with hindsight. How did they miss it? Many of us probably think at times. Well, they weren't the only ones who missed it. The 11, the 11 disciples closest to Jesus. I don't read anything about them having a little plunge of coffee out from the tomb, getting the coffee ready, thinking, what do you reckon? Five minutes or 10? 20? That wasn't happening. They had missed it too. But I think it's a reminder for us, just always be in this, always be reading this. The great thing is that we've got it all in here and it's all for us. We can base our entire life on the truths of this, like daily, the daily walk. He went through all of that pain because he stood in a gap for us so our sins would be forgiven also did all of that so that we can have this beautiful relationship with our Heavenly Father. Not to be once or twice a year, but to be something we are always doing, connecting to Him. They remembered His words. They remembered His words. His words are great. His words lead to life. They're a wonderful light on our path. going to put our eyes to the screen now to see a bit of an idea of what happens after this in a video format if we could spin that now.
Come on, let's give it up for Jesus for that. The word had to get out, it had to spread. And the world needed to know, and still to this day, the world needs to know that Jesus Christ, He is alive and well. And just like that image said, so many things for all of us, including Saviour. But I love that it said on there that He's friend too. He's friend, He's friend for you and I here this morning. And maybe you've come into this service today and it's, when I say Jesus Christ is friend, that's, that's foreign to you. It's like, oh, He seems so far away to me. Today, on Resurrection Sunday 2018, in a moment, I'm gonna give you a chance, the greatest opportunity that any human can have, and that is to make Jesus friend, to have Him in your life. And the invitation, can I tell you, it is for absolutely every single person sitting in this auditorium. There is not a single person here that Jesus didn't go to the cross for. He went for one and for all. And He went to that cross and He would have gone just for you. He would have gone through the pain just for you. So great is His love for you to have Him in your life. It's not a thing for the exclusive. It's not a thing for the holy. It's for all. It is for all. He went to that cross. He needed to die so that our sins could be forgiven, so that the sins of every human being could be forgiven. And you will never know life unless you've received that forgiveness. You will never know life as it's meant to be lived unless you personally receive that forgiveness. To be washed clean. The Bible says whiter than snow. We're built to be in relationship with our Heavenly Father. If we're not there, there's a void on the inside of us. And in a moment, you'll have a chance if there is that void and you've walked in here today and there's a void, I'll give you the opportunity to fill that void, to invite Jesus into your life. And He is so for you. He is so for you. And He will do all that He can all that He can to come after you, all that He can to meet with you, all that He can so that He may be your friend and you may be His.